Dennis Guerra and welcome to this episode of After the Fact where we get to see things more clearly, where we get a better sense of the truth. So let's start by dissecting the news. How much does it cost to run an election campaign here in the Philippines? To be more specific, how much would you need if you want to run, say, for president or senator in next year's elections? On paper, there are limits set by law as to how much a candidate is allowed to spend per registered voter. But in reality, the expense <coughs> up well beyond what is legal. Which means gunning for public office in this country is still a rich man's game. For even if there are less money candidates who get to win, there's still few and far between. An exception to the rule, compared with the big names from political clans in the ruling elite. Tonight, we'll try to better understand how election campaigns go, especially during the pandemic, where social media is expected to play an even bigger role for candidates. Now, be part of our conversation. Send us your questions and comments on our YouTube live chat or tweet us using the hashtag ANC after the fact. Joining us tonight, former Comelec Commissioner Louis T. Tugia. He's the co-founder of Democratic Insights Group. Also with us is Mr. Lito Banayo, a political strategist involved in the Philippine presidential campaigns since the 1986 NAP elections. He's also the chairman of the Manila Economic and Cultural Office in Taiwan. We also have with us Attorney Abigail Valte, COO of DDI Strategic Communications. She was involved in the Noyna Aquino and Marujas presidential campaigns in 2010 and 2016, respectively. Good morning, uh, good evening, and thank you for joining us on the program. Good evening, Christian. Evening, Christian. Magandang, mag, uh, magandang gabi sa inyo lahat po. Okay, I'll start with the most veteran. Okay, uh, between the two political strategists that we have uh, for this evening. Okay, Mr. Lito Banayo. Basically, the question is, how much does it cost for a candidate to run a credible campaign? Let's say for a national position. So, let's start with the presidency. Well, uh, if I if I uh, divide the uh, normal campaign expenditure of a presidential candidate, I would say that the bulk of it would go to television advertising, basically to, to media uh, expenses. Uh, the air war uh, is the more important uh, uh, expenditure item for a uh, national candidate, whether it's senator or president. Um, but given, I, I don't know exactly how much the rates are today, uh, especially with the loss of ABS-CBN that makes uh, one, one television station a virtual monopoly. So uh, that, that uh, they, they may up their, their rates. But of course, Comilec gives a uh, um, certain percentage of discount for the, um, from the rate card. Still, I would think uh, towards the middle of the or towards the February when when the election campaign season starts, that would be about a million or nine hundred thousand pesos per thirty seconder. So that's a lot of money. And if you compute it in terms of the uh, allowable time uh, minutes by the Comelec, uh, you're talking of uh, at the very least a million, a billion and a half. For TV, a billion and a half for for uh, for media expenses, for a, for uh, the air war, for the air primarily war. Primarily television, primarily. Primarily television. Of course, you also have radio and now social media. 
online television, you have YouTube, you have all the other platforms. But let's say a politician has 100 million in his war chest. That won't be enough to, to, to run a credible presidential campaign in 2022? No, definitely not. 100 million is very, very small. Okay. Uh, Attorney Valte, you, you were involved in the uh, campaigns of uh, former President Benigno Aquino III in 2010 and of course of uh, former Senator and Secretary Marojas in 2016. So are you also seeing the same figures now? Basically, this is the same question. How, how much would it take for, for someone to run a credible presidential campaign these days? Well, you know, the answer to how much really is uh, a lot of money. Because as, as uh, Sir Lito was saying earlier, even if um, a candidate has, and Com Louis will correct me if I'm wrong, that's 120 minutes per broadcast outlet. And 120 minutes, that's 240 30-second spots. If you compute that, Conservatively, let's say it's not prime time anywhere between the afternoon before prime time news. That's a rate card of around four hundred thousand pesos. So again, it depends on your awareness, how low or high you are in the surveys. It depends also on what your team is seeing in terms of conversion. But if you do the math, that's already one hundred twenty million pesos alone on one station. One and station. yeah, that's just one station. You have not even begun scratching the surface for radio ads, for radio placement, social media. While social media is first spot is a lot less than a national TV broadcast spot. Um, that's still a lot. And you don't run a campaign based on 10 spots alone. That's not going to get you anywhere. So we're really talking about, in terms of ad spend, um, most of that, if not 90% of a candidate's uh, allowed expenditure will go to, to airtime. Okay. Uh, Commissioner Gia, basically, uh, based on your experience when you were still with Comelec, uh, does a prominent candidate for the presidency uh, usually consume the allowable airtime allowed by law? Well, I have no, I have no specific, uh, you know, recollection of, of reports that would uh, show that they have exceeded uh, the uh, allowable um, um, limit. But definitely, uh, they would, I think, uh, they would exhaust uh, uh, the limit. So probably it might, if pag hindi umabot dun sa limit na, maybe near the, near the limit. So that, that that's how they are, and. Uh, you know, I just want to just uh, emphasize that the maximum uh, amount that the candidate can spend for election is 10 pesos per registered voter. So uh, if we have if we have 62 million registered voter, that is the estimate that Comelec has uh, for 2022, and that's going to be 622 620 million. So you are allowed to spend 620 million for a presidential campaign, basically. So that's but that is uh, uh, the limit of expenditure of a candidate, and a candidate is one who filed the certificate of candidacy, and you count that in at the start of the campaign period. 
Okay, of course, uh, we don't factor in the expenses incurred before the actual start of the campaign period, during which they're not yet technically considered as candidates, right? So does it mean that the current uh, allowable rate or expenditure per voter has become a joke? Well, it depends, you know. I mean, um, you know, spending money in election is a necessity. I mean, you cannot, you cannot, uh, you know... Um, advertise yourself you cannot convince voters about your qualification if you don't have resources to spend but it need not come from your own pocket you know you you can have uh, donations from uh, several candidates and but you know um politics is a practical matter you know whatever may will make your candidate win is something that you have to uh, uh do However, there are limits that are provided by law. So the, 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 the ideal situation would be for candidates to, you know, make do uh, with their campaigns, um, you know, observing the limit that have been imposed by law. So siguro, bawasan yung kwan. Bawasan yung uh, mahal na mga pangangampanya. Later on, pag-uusapan natin kung sinusunod ba talaga yan. Kasi, I mean, my question was quite blunt. But I won't apologize for it because basically it has become a joke. Okay, uh, Mr. Benayo, are you involved with any particular uh, aspirant now for the 2022 elections? I, I should be in a month's time or so. Okay, you will be, definitely. <laughs> I okay. guess so, yeah, I suppose so. So, so if a politician approaches you, I know this is too late to, to actually approach you. They, that politician should have been preparing much earlier, right? Pero what would you tell him in terms of money that he needs to prepare for 2022? Presidential campaign. Well, of course, we'd have to spend according to the limits of the Comelec, but there's a way of going through that. Uh, when you run for president, you also have a vice presidential candidate who has the same allowable spending limit as you have. And normally, uh, the vice president's uh, expenses are chargeable to the presidential candidate. Normally. no. Uh, three, you have 12 senators. Now, not all of those senators will be spending a lot of money in advert in advertisements because of the time uh, the, the allowable uh, time uh, limits so some candidates some, you can use for that matter a presidential candidate can use some of the allowable time of the senatorial candidates no for instance if you have a very um, very strong senatorial candidate a re-electionist a celebrity you probably will have to spend less no, for television uh, advertorials than a newcomer in the field. No? And then the party also is allowed another, I think, five pesos. Uh, correct me if I'm wrong, uh, Commissioner Louis. Uh, five pesos for the party. So all told, na, na, na ikakalat mo yung gastos no? so that you conform to the limits uh, required. But usually, let's say, lumapit sa inyo politiko, no? okay, uh, Mr. Banayo, I have uh, 300 million. Uh, I want to run for president because I think I can save this country. <laughs> what would be your response? Would 300 million be <laughs> a joke or basically no. enough? Siguro senador puede. Senador puede and 300. But for a presidential campaign, that's definitely not enough. No, no. At least uh, multiple of five. Wow. Okay. 
uh, attorney Valte. So, so, so basically, um, what are the other expenses usually incurred if you want to run a credible campaign? Another presidential. Where, where does the money usually go? Well, Aside from airtime. Yeah, apart from airtime, there is a lot of logistics that you need to worry about. One has to go around the country. That will certainly change in complexion now because of the pandemic. Um, there is social media that you have to think about as well. Um, also collaterals. You know, we are still a tarpaulin and sticker and t-shirt kind of um, elections. So certainly you will have to you will have to to think about that. The other thing is in terms of transportation, you can't rely on commercial flights, certainly, because a candidate only has about maybe 16 hours in a day to go around and campaign. Shampre, pagabinayan, wala na yan. I mean, you know, meeting the advance na yung dating. But you really have to maximize your time and you can't rely on commercial flights. You have to have air assets at your disposal so you can fully kumbaga ang tawag namin san makasuyod ka talaga so those are things that you have to think about and you know some candidates charter their own planes charter their own choppers and the cost of that is also not a joke you also have your surrogates going around for you because one person can't cover the entire country in 90 days so the transportation expenses of your surrogates are also to be paid by the candidate including the sorties in the provinces uh, including the sorties. Well, of course, when you have local allies, sometimes your local allies will sponsor sound system, um, whatever attendant costs there are. But mainly, if you're the standard bearer of a party, you really have to take care of that. Because tangay mo yung partido mo, tangay mo yung vice president mo, tangay mo yung mga yung senatorial slate mo. Um, that's also quite a big cost to think about. Before I go to Commissioner Louis Guillano, gusto ko mong ituloy yung discussion mo na rito sa expenses eh. Kasi magasos talaga, no? So, Mr. Benay, for instance, I think you agree with the other points mentioned by Attorney Valte, no? Regarding yes, definitely. how it usually goes. Pero let's, ano, let's push it further. Speaking of sorties, because uh, based on my experience covering campaigns, elections, many of the candidates are also saying that uh, you need to spend a lot when you go to uh, provinces, to cities, especially outside of Metro Manila because your local allies would expect something from you, meaning money. Is this true? Who are you asking? Uh, Kayo, uh, Mr. Banayo. Ah, okay. Uh, for example, barangay captains, uh, local candidates, for them to actually uh, actively campaign for you, they are expecting something from you, especially if you are running for president. Well, it depends on your popularity. It depends on whether you are llamado or dejado. If you're llamado, as in you're in the top three, you, you have a pretty good chance of winning based on the surveys. No? Marami dyan, local candidates, they foot the expenses on the ground if you are winnable. But if you're not, I mean, if the surveys have uh, condemned you to number four, five, six, you don't. You won't be able to expect uh, that much help from the local candidates, no. And there are also local businessmen who uh, advance. No? I mean, who foot the bill for yeah, the things that um, Attorney Valte explained. You know, mga mga gasto sa gasolina, platform, uh, all of those things. Uh, th those are normally uh, 
expenses of the local candidates or their local business sponsors. About yung mga pangayos sa mga reporters, diba? Usually yung mga... <laughs> Sorry for the term. <laughs> but we have to be, to, be, uh, to be honest about these discussions. Kasi nga, even those who are covering campaigns, reporters, I mean, they're also exposed to certain unethical practices. And usually it's two-way, no? Even, even if, let's say, the candidate wants to play it uh, by the book, so there's the expectation coming from certain reporters that they should be given money to be able to cover a particular sortie. In some cases, naman, or in most cases, it's the, it's, the, it's the campaign team that actually initiates. In other cases, talagang, ano na eh, it's part of the system. Eh. So is this also part of the uh, campaign expenditures? Uh, unwritten rule, lah, kumbaga, uh, Mr. Banayo. Normally, you give them some allowance for, you know, food, um, hotel rates. I mean, you, you, sometimes you, 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 you take care of their hotel expenses, their food, no? That's about it. That's not, too, that's not such a huge amount. Pero mag-asa siya, for instance, you want to, uh, you want a certain group of reporters from Manila to cover your provincial sortie. So I can imagine how much expense it would uh, incur you're going to pay for their commercial flights for instance no normally the the media company pays for their commercial flights because uh, you you assign for instance abs-cbn assigns a reporter for a particular presidential candidate uh inquirer bulletin star they all they all assign and they take care the amount of their their um their uh, normal expenses Pero binibigyan mo na lang ng konting uh, ano, allowance for food, no? for those things. That's not, that's not such a big part of the expenses. Tensya na sa mga kapatid natin sa industriya, this has to be part of the discussion because we cannot talk about campaign expenditures uh, without actually talking about certain uh, questionable practices from, our, from among our ranks. Okay, Commissioner Gia, in this case, they also, is there also a way to somehow temper or monitor um the kind of contributions that the candidate gets during a campaign? Well, first, they have to report. Um, um, candidates have to report all the contributions that they receive. But and, and, and candidates or, or donors themselves have to make the same report. In other words, you know, um, uh, hindi lang yung kandidato nagre-report ng, uh, sa sose nila ng donation. Donors are also required to submit a separate report of their donation to COMELEC. And this is uh, quite strange. No? Uh, both failure to submit donation and failure to submit the statement of contribution and expenditure after election, the part of the candidate, are, are, were election offenses before. Noong 1992, nagpasa ang, ang batas ang, ang, 1991, nagpasa ng batas ang, ang, ang yung failure to submit the SOSE. But the failure to submit by a donor of his report of donation, hindi nasama doon sa mga na-decriminalize. So, if a donor fails to submit a report of his donation, pwede siya makulong. Ang kandidato hindi makukulong pag hindi nag submit ng kwan. What am I saying? So this is one way of uh, you know uh, making sure that reported that disclose ang mga donation if you know they are so inclined to to. How, 
how soon does a candidate need to file that SOSE? And again, this covers all candidates, matalo or manalo, right? Mat uh, matalo, manalo, kandidato na late, later on nag-withdraw pero nangampanya kasama pa rin. So how soon are they supposed to file the SOSE after the election? Days after election. 30 days. Okay. What is the penalty if a losing candidate fails to do that? And what is the penalty if a winning candidate fails to do that? Well, a winning candidate cannot assume office uh, uh, when he fails to submit a, a SOSE. No, hindi siya pwedeng mag-occupy ng kanyang uh, um, ng, ng, ng kung saan siya nanalo. And that's why walang nag-fail na winning candidate na mag-file ng SOSE. Uh, for those for those who lost, no, if they failed to submit their sauce twice, they will be perpetually disqualified from holding public office. So hindi na makaka-occupy ng any public office someone who's determined by Comelec to have not submitted his sauce twice. And we and when I was there, as of the time that I was there, we have disqualified siguro maliit lang maliit ang isandaan or about 150 but has there been a time when this uh, this particular rule had to be uh, or was challenged by a candidate? For instance, uh, a, a candidate for a senatorial post, vice president or president, let's say, nadelay ng konti yung filing ng SOSE. And of course, if you're going to be strict about it, they cannot assume by June 30. Tama? And of course, they can always argue na uh, this is a sovereign will, will of the people and this is just a rule by the COMELEC, for instance. Has there been an instance like that? Wala akong maalala na instance na ganon, although baka may mga nakaligtaan but the pro, I, I, I think the remedy there is to file a co-waranto proceeding against someone who have occupied office without filing the SOSE kasi wala siyang, they cannot assume, assume the uh, office. But you know, I mean, may, it's the, the sovereign, you know, sovereign power of the people argument will not work because batas yun eh. Sovereign din yung power ng Kongreso para magpasa ng batas. Republic Act 7166. Okay. Uh, attorney uh, Valve, for instance, when it comes to uh, uh, campaign contributions vis-a-vis uh, -vis personal money, I mean, usually what they advise candidates to, to do, how much of that personal money should go to the campaign or you would prefer na everything is uh, contributed? Depende sa kandidato yan. Kung may pondong ilalabas. We have candidates, we've seen candidates na talagang relied solely on um, on contributions. And even then, it was hard to even think of breaching the limit because, again, depending on your standing in the surveys, you know, pockets open depending on how high you, how high you rank. Um, it really depends on the candidate, Christian, but I, I know of very few that can spend 300 million out of their personal money in terms of running a campaign. There are probably less than 20 people that have that show that their sal ends, diba? That show in their sal ends na meron silang ganong kind of personal wealth. So, so, so that means surveys really play a big part in terms of uh, soliciting donations or contributions in a campaign. Oh yes, oh yes. I mean, of course, there will always be true believers in a particular candidate that will give you a donation or a contribution, whether you're at 
24 in the case of a senatorial race. But there are many who really look at those surveys and see na, teka, nasan ka ba? Kapag nag-donate ba ako, um, meron bang pagkakataon or winnable ka ba? Diba? So yes, it, it purses unlock and wallets open when when your surveys, when your rankings go up. Okay, your thoughts on this, uh, Mr. Banayo? Well, the role of surveys. Yes, the surveys matter very much. But then again, you have uh, publicized surveys and you have uh, privately funded for your eyes only surveys. If you're a big businessman and uh, you uh, want to contribute or you contribute sizably to a campaign, you normally uh, come up with your own surveys. You do not rely on public surveys. I'll give you an example. Uh, just about yesterday or the other day, one of the major survey public survey companies came out with a uh, survey that listed, I think, 12 candidates for president. Um, if you go by that, uh, you would think that uh, a particular candidate is already a runaway winner at this point. But uh, if there were rider questions which limited the number of candidates to say three, four, or five, then a funder, somebody who would, uh, uh, a businessman for that matter, would be able to calculate whether the person asking for funds or soliciting funds from him has a good chance of making it or not. No? Uh, because he knows that at the end of the day, there won't be 12 presidential candidates. There will only be four or five uh, presidential candidates. And some of them, from the very start of the ball game, are already clearly uh, losers. So you really, you really, kailangan salain eh, no? Kailangan salain before you open your wallet, no? And so uh, businessmen, uh, I know a particular businessman, for instance, who has his own personal survey company, no? I mean, he does not rely on SWS or Pulse Asia, no? He has his own, no? So, ganon, that, that's, that's, uh, surveys really do matter. In fact, the sad part of Philippine politics is that even in the choice of candidates, it is the surveys that choose candidates. It's no longer the political parties. Nung araw, before martial law, we had party conventions so that normally every region in the country would be represented. No, So you had the Warai candidate, you had the Cebuano candidate, you had the Nilongo candidate, an Ilocano candidate, no? para spread out your representation sa Senate. Now it's no longer that way. Almost all the candidates are from NCR. No, I mean, or the bulk of the candidates are from NCR. They're either movie personalities, television personalities, celebrities, or people who have been in politics for such a long time and whose names have become uh, brands, no, so to speak. Just to be clear, Mr. Balayo, your last statement is not intended to prime the public for any particular candidate outside of NCR. No, 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 no. Hindi no. naman, okay. You're Di just thinking of Fabo. Ganun na nangyayari. Kasi nga, di ba? Like, remember, I remember, I, I, I think the last senator from Region 8, that's the Waray constituency, mas panahon pa yata ni Magsaysay. 
since then wala na tayong senador na taga taga Samar. Okay. Wala na yata. Oo. Oh. Yung okay. ganon, di ba? While we are still in the issue of surveys, I'd like to ask uh, Commissioner uh, Gia, how should the public look at surveys? Because there's always this fear that uh, pre-election surveys might lead to a bandwagon effect uh, behind particular candidates. But of course, if you ask people from Pulse Asia, they would uh, beg to disagree. They would say na, that's only a snapshot of a particular voter sentiment at a particular time. It's not exactly determinant of the actual outcome. But your, your piece of advice regarding this? Well, um, first and foremost, surveys, as I've said, are, are just measurement of uh, people's sentiment at a particular time and should not be used as an indicator of uh, who's going to win in the uh, election. But, yeah, but, you know, the reality is that some people interpret it as like... Uh, Uh, ang tingin nga ko minsan, di ba, nagsusurvey ka regularly, parang basketball game, oh. lamang na si ganito, o nag-overtake na si ganito. It shouldn't be looked, uh, surveys shouldn't be looked at uh, like that. No? Uh, kasi kung siya, tama naman yung survey ka, it's just a snapshot of the people's perception at a particular time, not reflective of uh, the results of the election. Because eventually, the results of the election will be determined on what the people will write or on the ballot on election day no uh, kaya maganda siguro kung medyo dihado ka doon sa survey then you have to work on that to 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 interpret surveys as something that should not be considered conclusive uh, as to the result of the election I'd like to ask attorney Valte so usually is it wise for a candidate let's again let's focus on the presidential elections or presidential campaign is it wise for a candidate to to commission his or her own survey initially how much does it cost if you're a serious presidential candidate it's not just wise it's a must because you need to be able to measure your progress um again many factors but monthly is something that is done by a serious presidential candidate um of course that's also serious money because depending on how many respondents that is that's normally i think around the normal public survey is at a thousand and two hundred respondents um if i'm not mistaken that can be anywhere between 500 to 8,000 pesos per survey So you multiply that. You don't only start at uh, on February of election year. You start way before that because, again, progress needs to be measurable. So that's serious money right there, even by trying to measure your KPIs or your metrics. That goes up, Christian, the moment that you add more areas, you add more respondents, you want to look at, uh, you want to probe any issues uh, further. Um, and these are just... Quanti surveys, wala pa yung mga quali na surveys na tinatawag natin. And, you know, that can also include your focus group discussions. Whenever you come up with ads, whenever you come up with your initial branding, these are all the necessary studies that a serious candidate will have to do. No, I think part of the discussion usually, if you really are serious about your campaign, you should include questions like, why would you vote for this candidate? And why would you not vote for this candidate? And then there are certain pairings, right? Tama ba? Right. Oo. Meron din yan. Also, syempre, um, with, you also check for the current horse race. Diba? Yung tawag natin dyan is yung horse race. 
um, let's see if how many people prefer you as their first choice, how, how many of the respondents prefer you as a second choice. Kung nawala ba si ganito, kanino pupunta ang boto niyan? So again, there are many, the, the survey is really a very useful tool, not just for um, political strategists, for communicators in a campaign, for the generals who lead, who lead your ground war, may air war, may ground war. Importante yung mga survey talaga para makita kung anong nangyayari sa kampanya nyo. Yeah, and there's also network. No? So Mr. Banayo, so again, regarding surveys, usually how much does a candidate need to uh, put uh, to be able to get a better sense of where he stands using surveys. For example, yung mga rider questions, magkano yung mga ganyan? Yung rider questions, I think uh, right now, but kung three rider questions, that's right now, that's about 450,000, 400,000. Per question. Three rider questions, no? Uh, so, so you explain to the viewers natin yung ibig sabihin ng rider question in a survey. For instance, I would assume... Uh, diba, Palsasia came out with a survey uh, yesterday. I would assume that um, serious candidates for president or senator, vice president, would have already subscribed to have rider questions there. No? And so uh, that, that, uh, that uh, is quite an expenditure. Plus, as uh, Attorney Valte said, uh, si Abi, well, we were together in the Pinoy campaign in 2010. Uh, you have FGDs, no? You have to test the 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 resonance of your message, no? Of the taglines that you're going to use, the an advertisement before it rolls out on television has to be tested through FGDs. That costs quite a penny, and um, yes, as soon as the uh, in the case of uh, in this particular case, as soon as October comes in, you probably would have to do a nationwide survey. In November before Christmas, and then you'd have to do it monthly already thereafter. No, on top of that, um, I for one, I I would want more specialized surveys, more localized surveys for my candidate. For instance, during the Pinoy campaign uh, in 2010, uh, the late uh, President Benigno Aquino, uh, we had uh, our scheduling, how to schedule the candidate was also dependent on where we are weak and where we are strong, what what places we can do away with. Because you have very li limited time. Eh. Yon, din determine din yon ang surveys mo. Or for instance, in a province like Pangasinan, which is about 1.5 million voters, which is bigger than the, uh, the rest of Ilocos Norte, Sur, and La Union, no? that is very important. No? So Jan, you go on localized campaigns. San ba tayo? Malakas ba tayo sa Pangalatok? Malakas ba tayo sa, sa Ilocano voters? How do we, uh, you know, measure the amount of or the, the extent of our support or lack of support in these places? Okay. So magastos na surveys. You really need it. So usually magkano pag let's say nationwide, nationwide survey commissioned by the candidate for his own consumption? Siguro mga 5 to 6 million. Baka 7 na ngayon. Million. Okay. Pero more or less, no. I mean, I I I para sa TV ads, no. So, sketing pa na swerte-swerte yung mga survey firms. I'm not I'm not just talking about the big ones, no. There are other survey firms that are actually working more comfortably behind the scenes, no. So, oh, yes, and yeah. And Christian, 
you don't just subscribe to SWS and Pulse Asia. You have to have your own. You have you normally use uh, research companies that are unknown to the public, the ones that do consumer research rather than uh, than uh, political research. Don't worry, we won't mention their names. Although no, no, we, we can't. Are we cannot, all familiar uh, with some of them, okay? Especially you guys. Mas kilalanyo sila. Okay, uh, Commissioner Gia, this this comment on Twitter is very much related to my next question for you. Sabi ng uh, isang Twitter user, it seems economically impossible to get returns from campaign expenses without eventual corruption. Okay, because it, I mean, for the ordinary viewer, for instance, it's uh, it boggles the mind how much a candidate, let's say for president, needs to spend uh, to be able to run a credible campaign. So. A related question of mine for you is this. Is the COMELEC able to credibly monitor all those expenses? Or you just have to rely on the on the source of declarations? Because we know that there are also a lot of work around, right? Well, uh, realistically, uh, COMELEC does not have the capacity to monitor all expenses. No, napakahirap niyan. In 2008, or 2007, I think. No, I was part of a civil society organization that tried to monitor expenses in a particular district or locality in the country. I will not mention that anymore. Ang gagawin namin, binilang, binibilang yung mga posters, ine-estimate kung magkano, and then ine-extrapolate po from the cost of the posters kung ilan yung pwedeng naging gastos ng mga local candidate. But imagine that was very difficult and uh, it cost a lot of uh, resources. Imagine doing that the whole country. And that's a civil society organization. Comelec, um, medyo hindi siya prime sa ganung klaseng uh, monitor. So I think the strategy that Comelec should be doing would be to you know, engage partner partners from the civil society to be able to do this if at all this can happen. Kaya ang ideal situation nga I, I, I can I would like to relate it to what um, um, uh, Secretary, Secretary Benayo said uh, uh, earlier yung kwan nga yung parang you can uh, gamitin mo yung allocation ng presidente for the vice president in an ideal enforcement uh, regime no? Uh, uh, hindi pwedeng ganun talaga kasi uh, dapat nakikita mo talaga doon sa mga ads kung sino yung sino yung nagbe-benefit. Kumbaga, if, if, if you see the face of the president all the time, then you cannot get the expense or large the expense uh, from the allocation of the vice president. Uh, but that's not really very easy to enforce. And I've said, yan yung ideal situation. And one thing more, yung sa... Um, um, political parties no political parties will have their own uh yung 5 pesos nila per registered voter is for the whole party it's not for particular candidate so you cannot say that you know kung individual 3 ha, 3 pesos plus 5 pesos that's not how it works the 5 pesos is for the whole uh for all the candidates of the party uh, Attorney Gia, when we were looking at the uh, previous SOSA declarations in previous election cycles, of course, there were national candidates uh, who had uh, more contributions than expenses. So under the law, what can they do with the excess money? Well, 
yun ang isang gap sa ating batas ano yung under the wala kasing naka naka nakasaad sa batas what candidates would do uh, sa excess donation kasi pag sinabi mong donation for election may tra- may chains of ownership na yan doon sa kwan no but you know we have to realize that the donation is for a specific public purpose and that's for political uh, campaign So parang mali siguro na, uh, and this is just my personal opinion, mali na i-consider na magiging pag-aari na nung kandidatong binigyan yan. Uh, uh, I'm, I'm a bit uh, uncomfortable with that. Uh, actually, pay parang quasi-public fun yung kwan eh, pag sinabi mong campaign expense. And that is how expenses are treated in many, uh, donations are uh, treated in some countries. So if you would if you would have your way, what should be done with the excess donation? Because that was donated for a very specific purpose. Siguro may fund na pwedeng ilagay yon sa isang kwan. Pag meron tayong established political party system, then that can be retained in the political party uh, fund sa banko nila, for instance, no? Or sa kung sa independent ang mga mungkahi noon, ibalik doon sa mga donors. Okay, Attorney Valte and uh, Mr. Banaya can chime in. No? So because I remember I had this previous conversation with a with a veteran politician, and he was telling me about how campaign donations are given. So alam naman natin lahat yan, no? So usually the the businessmen try to avoid paper trades, right? So they give uh, money in cash. So this one politician I'm talking about, he said when he was running that campaign, yung isang malaking kwarto niya punong punong ng pera. So he was very worried on the campaign stage because what if uh, a fire hit his house? <laughs> so takot takot siya sa ganun. So 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 basically again this is related to to how things actually go because I think we have to be brutally honest with with our discussion this evening no. Siguro that is a segue to this question of mine. Uh, first I I I I would like uh, Mr. Benay to respond to this. Are there candidates who are actually running not to win but only to raise money? <laughs> well, I've heard of some, no, uh, who uh, keep running, hoping to get uh, enough contributions, uh, knowing full well that they're not going to win anyway. So they spend a small portion of that and keep the rest, no. But these are not nas- well-known national politicians, no. Normally, yun talagang yun talagang lumalaban for the presidency and the serious ones, no. They run to win, no. Hindi naman ganon, no. How about your step-aside fee? Uh, are there also instances where, for example, a candidate who has a good chance based on surveys of winning a particular elective post but was convinced by another ambitious politician and paid huge money to step aside? Yes, that is very true in local uh, local constituencies. No? Uh, para wala na lang uh, nakakatipid pa daw sila. No? So they just give the opposition the, the, the opponent a certain sum of money and wala na silang kalaban no so they, they are able to scrimp on their uh, you know campaign expenses okay uh, for, for attorney valte there's a question i think uh, you can respond to this no what role does this information twisted truths and outright lies play in campaigns deployed either for or against a candidate what role does it play Yeah. What role does this information uh, oh. play in campaigns deployed either for or against a candidate? Siguro, i-digit natin sa issue of campaign expenses also. No? So, 
how much does it handle it? Again, national na lang. Huwag na muna yung local. Masyadong complicated yung discussion. How much do you need to invest in as far as, let's say, social media campaigns are concerned to counter disinformation or perhaps to, to unleash your own disinformation campaign? Well, to counter disinformation is certainly more expensive because... You know, this information mas mabilis pa sa alas 4 kumalat yan, di ba? And it's very hard to, in terms of pesos and cents, it's more expensive to counter mm-hmm. than to actually unleash this information. And it's nothing new. We've seen this on the ground. Um, dati nagsisimula yan sa bahay-bahay, sa mga barangay, except now it's digital. So chismis is now digital and paninira is now digital. Um, again, the amount that you allocate for that depends on your candidate. Again, you assess how gano ba ka lightning rod ang kandidatong ito for disinformation and for trolls. Diba? Meron ba kayong kalaban talaga? Um, that is also assessed at the onset of uh, a campaign. How how much does a candidate have and how much is he or she willing to invest in social media? Pero this is part of the package already. Let's say you are trying to, to prepare a candidate, let's say for president. It's part of the arsenal already. You cannot do without it. Social media campaign and that includes uh, strategies and infrastructure to deal with disinformation. That's right. It's an additional channel. You know, in 2009 with Sir Lito, uh, Facebook was a was you know a fledgling platform and even then for the campaign of Senator Aquino it was part of it but it was not quite a game changer but I think we saw it in very marginally also in 2013 but in 2016 it really just you know I think it exceeded everybody's expectations so now any serious candidate will have to make it a part of their planning and their investment. Okay, as a final point, speaking of our social media campaigns, especially we are in a pandemic, so it goes without saying that social media would be a much bigger platform as far as campaigns are concerned. No? So, uh, Commissioner Gia, for instance, during the last elections, the, the Commission on Elections tried to monitor campaign expenses online, in particular social media. And we know that uh, it left much to be desired. So what are the refinements that you can think of in terms of uh, reasonably monitoring, not necessarily regulating, no? so monitoring muna uh, campaign expenses online. And I hope uh, Mr. Benayo can also respond to this now. Well, of course, uh, Comelec would have to understand how things work, you know. Sinasabi nga nila, if you want to boost your presence in social media, you have to pay. Hindi lang pwede yung, uh, you know, post, post, post ng ganon. But, uh, uh, and, and that cost at receipted din naman yon. So probably, um, Comelec needs to work with the social media platform companies and uh, require them as it is required because social media companies, if uh, political ads are done through them, contractor sila and therefore they should reco- they are required to report all uh, expenses incurred through them by candidates so come like we just have to enforce that that rule Mr. Manayo, same question 
Yeah, in so far as uh, advertisements on social media platforms like uh, Facebook, YouTube, etc., that should be fairly easy for Comelec or for the regulators to compute. The, the same way that the easiest uh, <clears throat> to uh, compute would be television advertising because you have rate cards, you have, uh, you, you know, these are, you, you give receipts, no? But on the other hand, how do you police trolls? How how do you compute how much are paid to trolls? How would you dis- distinguish whether a comment, chismis, as uh, <clears throat> Abby uh, aptly put it, no? These are also paid. No, I mean, mabute kung organic yan. No, how would you distinguish if it is organic or if it is uh, uh, from a troll farm? No, uh, so that those are the the gray areas which makes. The job of Comelec, and I think Comelec does not even have enough manpower, no, for all of these, no, right now. So that that really is uh, very difficult. Hello, Mr. Lito Benayo, Attorney Abigail Valte, and uh, former Comelec Commissioner Louis Tito Guia. Thank you very much for joining us this evening. It has been uh, an enlightening discussion. I hope not disturbing, <laughs> not too disturbing <laughs> for our viewers. Thank you for joining us tonight. Thank you, Christian. Thank, Thank you, you, Christian. Thank, Thank you. you. Thank you. And before we go, more Filipinos are now urging others to register to vote for the 2022 elections, this time using the video sharing platform TikTok. Through the hashtags register to vote and Halalan 2022, several netizens are sharing text heavy clips to provide a quick guide on the registration process. Others are also sharing mini vlogs on their voter registration experience. The short clips are reminiscent of the Talk the Vote social media campaign launched in the United States last year, which has been viewed nearly 35 million times. So that's it for this episode. This will be your host, Christian Esquera. You can watch this episode again on I Want uh, TFC or listen to our podcast on Spotify. Now for recaps and other exclusive content, subscribe to the ATU YouTube channel and catch up with us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. See you again tomorrow after the fact.